What's brewing, ATX? Jonathan Ratcliffe here alongside my astounding co-host, Greg Carlson and Ian Grossman. What's up, guys? Howdy. How's it going? What's happening? This is a particularly exciting and different episode as uh, we're doing it from the comfort of each of our own homes. Sadly, separately, yet we are together at heart. This damn pandemic has us doing some weird things. But it's kind of cool that we get to utilize technology and are still able to do this. So I'm grateful for that. Today, we will be interviewing one of my best friends of all time, who I had the pleasure of meeting when we were babies at the University of Texas at Austin. She is now a founder of Between the Covers Book Club, a.k.a. BTC. We'll shorten that up for this um, podcast. And... Yeah, we have the pleasure of understanding why and how she got started with BTC and where they're going to plan to go moving forward. Without further ado, Maddie, a.k.a. Madison Bynum, welcome to What's Brewing ATX. Hi, everyone. Super stoked to be here. Yeah, John is an old friend of mine, and yeah, I'm excited to chat. I know. I can't believe we waited this long to uh, to have you I on. Know. So. As a reminder, this is your one-stop shop for all things ATX, from tips on the food and beverage scene to developments in the real in the real estate world to interviews with local and small businesses and those making a big impact on our community, just like Maddie. And of course, we feature a local wine, beer, or spirit each week, uh, so you can get your little taste of what Austin has to offer. Or maybe we feature uh, a local water or coffee, which. Something that won't stay tuned. As always, yeah, yeah. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. Give us that five star rating if we deserve it, and be sure to stick around for the weekly brew at the end of the episode, where Greg is going to tell us a little bit about what Mr. Elon Musk is up to lately. Greg, uh, Ian. What are we drinking today, sir? Usually we all have a beverage in our hand. Today, Jonathan, the only one holding down the floor, but we had to keep the tradition going. We're drinking uh, Big Swig Sparkling Water, also known as 12 ounces of Yeehaw. Craig, can we get a good Yeehaw from you? Yeehaw! So Big Swig was created right here in the ATX. There's a good chance their bold designs have caught your eye in the grocery store. Um, I always mm. stop and, and read this. The, the crazy new flavor in front of my eyes whenever I pass it. Uh, they've got flavors such as ruby red grapefruit, jalapeno pineapple, prickly pear cucumber, and even party pickle, which I took a sip of once. This is chili Jonathan's mango. Going with the chili mango Ooh. today. Um, so you're definitely going to have a memorable experience when you drink one of these guys. Um, so be sure to check out their uniquely flavorful sparkling water at the store. So yeah, Jonathan, Give us a, a little description. How the bubbles feel? What kind of what kind of taste do we got in the chili mango? It actually tastes like a chili mango. I, I don't think if you would have na- labeled it that, I would like have got it. But I get it. I get it. Uh, also, they are special to our heart because they helped us hydrate our guests at our What's Brewing ATX annual, our first annual. Um, what was it? A shindig showdown. It was a end yeah, of the year podcast. guest. Thank you to everybody. Yeah. 
So um, they they gave us a bunch, and these are actually still some of the leftovers. I had a couple boxes left over. So, so yeah, go out and get some big sweets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to try some of this sparkling water. I, I'm sure we'll dive into it, but... I have a few um, left over. I'll give you one. Hey, thanks. And I love chili mango, so I actually want that flavor if you have it. All right. Okay. I'll save you one. So, Maddie, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleased to have you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. Man, how do you make that short? My no wrong answer. Madison. <laughs> yeah, no wrong answers. Okay. I'm from a little town outside of Houston called Richmond, Texas. I married my first boyfriend ever, Alex Bynum. So we dated in fifth grade and now we are married. Played basketball um, with him yesterday. That was fun. Yeah. yeah, John is really close friends with him too. Um, I'm phonetically dyslexic. So growing up, I had a lot of fluid in my ears, which is pretty normal for a baby. But my mom didn't want to put me down um, when I was young. And so she dealt with just keeping the fluid in my ears until it would drain itself. So I didn't get full hearing until I was seven. And so I'm phonetically dyslexic where I don't know phonics. So it's not like I switch up letters, like a, a lot of dyslexia. I have trouble sounding out words. And so, which is ironic that now I have a book club when reading was extremely hard for me growing up. But yeah, I went to the University of Texas and um, really it's just hard to just give a really surface level of myself. I love to like dive in immediately and talk about <laughs> vulnerability and my problems, but I'll just keep it surface level for now and dive into y'all's questions. We'll get into it. Can I tell you how we met first real quick? Cause I think yeah, that's important. Um, so the way we met was uh, I lived on the fifth floor. Um, it was my junior year, your junior year too, right? Yeah. I think I uh, lived, I lived on the fifth floor of an apartment complex in uh, at UT. J26, and and she lived on the first floor, like directly down below me with three other roommates of hers. And of course, I had three roommates. And we were so immature. Uh, we were <laughs> so bad. We'd fill up water balloons and throw them at people as they were walking by sometimes. Anyway. Sometimes. It wasn't you. It was your roommate, uh, who's our good friend, Nicole. She was walking out of the apartment complex, and I hit her in the back with uh, – with a water balloon and she turned around and she had a, a very like a fun reaction to it. Like what the hell, but also like kind of pissed. Yeah. And so they, she came into the apartment and she was like, we got to go up to the fifth floor and <laughs> find these guys. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So they did. They went and found them. So legit. I think it was like a few days later or something, but they, they got a bunch of water balloons and they waited till they they knew which one we were in, uh, and they waited till we were coming out or something. They came and tried to like blast us with these water balloons, and I was like, "What the hell?" Like normally they have really nasty reactions to it, but they were the, the cool ones. So anyway, we became good friends. We all they invited up up to to drink that weekend or something, and uh, yeah, that, the rest is history. We've been friends ever since. Nice. So good old water balloon so splashing. Ma- so Maddie, beyond beyond the covers. BTC. Um, between, between the covers. Oh, sorry. Between the covers. Like, 
yeah, like a book. Like a book. Between the book yeah, covers. Yeah, I'm not that smart. It takes me a little bit time to process those things. So, so You're smart. what makes you come up with this idea to start it, and how do you go about actually putting it into into existence? Yeah, a couple things were happening in my life at the time. So BTC technically started in November 2018, so it's been about a year and a half. But um, one of the things that was happening was my brother has always struggled with depression and anxiety and due to that, he has relied on drugs. And that, of course, that led to drug addiction. And so he lives in Montana and he contemplated suicide back in September 2018. And I flew up to be with him in Montana. And it was kind of like a big awakening of some sorts. Kind of before this trip, I didn't really think of mental illness as a real disease. I had a really bad stigma about it. Just like if you're positive, if you work out, if you read books, the you like you can be happy, you can find happiness. But when I saw Aaron in real time, I realized it was a lot deeper than that and he could do a whole bunch of positive shit and that wasn't going to get him out of the hole he was in. And so it was pretty, pretty tragic, actually. I was really distraught. I was upset at God. I didn't know how to help. I didn't want to leave Montana because I didn't know if this was the last time I was going to see him. And on the plane ride back, I was literally sitting on one of those small planes because I was flying out of Bozeman, Montana. So like the one seat row planes. And... I, I I say it's God, but I literally heard a voice that you could say it's by conscious or the universe or whatever you believe in. But it was like, make a list of things that make you happy. And so I was like, this is weird. I grabbed out my journal on the plane and started writing things that made me happy. And on that list, like probably similar to your list, it was like nature, hiking, eating, working out and reading. And I kind of stared at that list like, okay, what do I do now? And I started just going down the items and I was like working out, how could I make a positive impact by working out? And I was like, I don't really want to be a trainer. And then I got to eating and I was like, I'm the worst cook ever. So I was like, how am I going to positively impact people by eating? And then I got to reading and something just said, you you should start a book club that is about positivity and making yourself better and having a strong, vulnerable community around you. And I literally shut it down at first. Like I was like, hell no. Like who joins a book club? Like that's like for old, older women. Like two years ago, a lot of our age women were not doing book clubs. And so I was like, absolutely not. That's embarrassing. And every day it kind of, weighed on my heart. And finally in November, so two months of it just weighing on my heart, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on my personal Instagram and see who would join. And now a year and a half, a little over a year and a half later, we're over 500 women all across the nation. Pretty crazy. crazy. So it just started with like a couple. It started with six of us. Yeah. It started with six random people. Like y'all have Instagram and not every single one of your followers are your friends. And so Another reason BTC was started was not only because of Aaron's mental illness and how I wanted to make a bigger positive impact, but also my quality of friends at the time 
was not, I wasn't being fulfilled in any of my current women friendships. And it was really toxic, a lot of drinking, a lot of hangovers, a lot of drugs. And I just thought like there had to be a kinder, more vulnerable group that wasn't constantly just doing bad things. We were bonded by gossip and negativity and I was just over it. So I joined a Bible study actually. And while I'm still in that Bible study to this day, and those girls are amazing. I was like, where's the balance of just like having some women over at my house and having a glass of wine and it not always be about religion or, you know, and then like where it's definitely extremes. I know exactly what you mean. I went through the same thing with my, um, my uh, MC group at church. It's like, I can't really, I have to hold my tongue with certain things you feel like, but at the same time, like, you know, I don't necessarily want to indulge in like all the, all the bad things. Like just want like a normal. I get group. It. Yeah. yeah. And so that was kind of the selfish reason. Like I also wanted a solid friend group too. So those two reasons is how BTC started. And yeah, it was six random girls And because obviously my current friends were not interested in self-betterment or growing or reading. So it wasn't like my current friend group at the time. And so, yeah, obviously women all over the nation are looking for the exact same thing, like a group that they can, that they're not bound by gossip and negativity and drinking and overindulging on food or whatever it is. Like they, they want a more vulnerable and authentic group. And so... That's kind of how BTC started. You know what I think is interesting? I used to uh, be an elementary school teacher. And I think a lot of things now that we enjoy as adults, we did enjoy at some point as a kid. But then for whatever reason, we stopped doing them. And it kind of, you know, was out of memory. But um, one of the things that my students loved the most was when I put them in book clubs. And they would get in these groups. And a lot of times um, it took kids that would normally like, bicker and and didn't really get along and it completely took that side out of it um and strictly it was talking about books and it almost like allowed them to form this new relationship which was really cool to see um and then you know you get older and you just stop doing you're like oh book clubs are things that you know that's what i do when i was in elementary school but that's awesome that you took that and applied it to being an adult and Yeah, Yeah, and that's definitely where we want to grow. So not only do we serve like our age is around 22 to 35, but we even have like older women. We have a 75 year old in one of the Houston groups. So like we really do try and be really inclusive and accept anyone that wants to join. But growing, I do want to start um, a book clubs in low income areas for younger girls Uh, we know that like bullying and gossiping is so prevalent in high school and middle school and so that's where we want to grow btc not only are we impacting like our age females but we want to go and impact like the lower um, income girls too we feel like they need it more than us so we'll get there one day but yeah maybe i'm getting off topic but no no you're not we're we're gonna get to kind of the the later the bigger picture in a second yeah. um for now like what how did it catch fire so fast i mean you said you started six people how do you think that since then it's it's grown so quickly 
Yeah. So just a background about myself. Um, I specialize in marketing. My dad is a chief creative director. I basically grew up in the ad agency world. All my jobs have been at ad agencies. And before COVID happened, I was actually working at one of the top ad agencies in the nation called Proof Advertising here in Austin on the Subway account. Mm -hmm. And as you can imagine, Subway is not doing too well with the pandemic that's happening. But so... I am very marketing minded. And so, and not only am I marketing minded, I'm data driven. And I knew at the very beginning of this that I wanted to capture as much data as possible to ramp up the growth. And so we had a website almost immediately. And um, when you fill out a form to join BTC, it captures all this information, like not only your personal information, where you live, your phone number, your email, but how did you hear about us? And about 75% of new members have heard about BTC from word of mouth. So talking about catching fire, it's been practically all word of mouth. People that are in currently in the book club and absolutely love it. They've changed their habits. They've change the way they treat others. They're seeing the impact on their life and they're talking about it to their friends. And BTC started in Houston. I lived at I lived in Houston at the time when it started. And Houston alone has 12 groups and 300 women on the wait list. So that's wow. Houston alone. What? Yeah. So that just shows you like how fast the word of mouth is happening where it first started. Austin is the second biggest city. We have four groups and about 50 on the wait list, but Houston is on another so level. So why did we move to Austin like a year ago or so? Last March, yeah. So why is there a wait list? Why don't you take those 50 people and form groups? Yeah, so we tried that. So a couple things. When we first started that Houston group, we made up some guidelines. And one of the guidelines was no gossip. And the other guideline was that we were going to accept anyone that wanted to join, which sounded great at the time when it was six of us. But then before we, I knew it, there was 45 people in my apartment every Monday night. And it was like, I couldn't control the room. I couldn't control the conversation. Everyone was like chattering. And I was like, no, no, no. We need to get back to like the intimate small groups. And so we capped groups at 20. So naturally when we have an influx of new members join. I do ask, like, once we have a lot of people, I'll ask, would you want to lead a group? Would you want to be responsible for, like, HTX 15? But a lot of people get nervous to, like, lead a group, and they they just want to join a book club. And I understand that, and I don't want to make anyone be a lead. And so that's how a waitlist comes about. When leads don't step up to the plate to open more groups – and all the other groups are filled, I mean, there's not much we can do besides just wait for somebody to step up and lead a group. Also, I wanted to concentrate on the nation as a whole. So it's great that Houston's booming, but like, what? So I'm not going to focus on Miami, Chicago, Orange County, New York City. Like, it's only me working on this. No one else helps. And so there had to be a moment of like, okay, Houston's rolling, but I need to focus on these other cities to actually start like spreading so that's another reason why houston is having such a waitless time because it can't have all my focus all the time right 
What were you going to say? Yeah. What are you doing differently now uh, than when you first started? Oh, that's a good one. Honestly, a lot of our core values have stayed the exact same. So our mission statement and our core values are the exact same. And you can read those on our website, anyone listening. Um, But I guess right now my main focus is actually working on the business structure of it. At first, it was like fun and games. Like, yeah, we're a book club. Like, what should we name ourselves between the covers? Ha ha ha. Like, it was just more enjoyment at the time. But now it's like a full on it takes up all my time. And so just kind of structuring what the business plan looks like, what does profit look like? Do we charge our members a membership fee? Kind of just going through business things more than at first. It was kind of just enjoying it, but I still enjoy it. It's just a little bit more work. More structured, more work. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, what what goes into that um, from a monetization standpoint? Is it, um, do you, do you have to take the emotional side out of it and say like, we want to make sure that people still feel comfortable and, and want to be in it. But you know, you've got to, if if you're going to do this full time, you've got to obviously make a living from it. So we'll go into that. Ooh, that's a hard question. And this was a lot of back and forth with God on this one, honestly. So I had a strong instinct at the very beginning of this, that we weren't going to charge membership fees. I did not want any woman to have the excuse of like, I don't have that $10 a month. So I can't join BTC. Like there's no excuse. You need to be vulnerable. You need to show up. You need to be brave. Join the community. So no, we're not charging membership fees. And that's one of the main reasons why we applied to be a nonprofit instead of an LLC. But at the same time, you know, I can't be just working for free all the time. And honestly, I finally started realizing that the impact that BTC could have if it reached more women is worth a little more backing and funding behind it. Mm -hmm. And that I can't just be like ashamed to ask for monetization, even if it's such a small amount. So we're going to be like donation-based book club, kind of like Black Swan Yoga. I'm sure you've all heard of Black Swan, um, how it's donation-based. That's kind of how we're going to structure BTC. So we're going to recommend a certain donation every month. It's going to be two lattes. So we're equating it to 10 to $15. And it's up to them. If they want to donate more, they can donate more. If they don't want to donate at all because they're in a financial you know, pickle right now, they don't have to. And so honestly, we're growing so quick that I'm, I'm not too worried about how the money fluctuates. And we've already had like sponsorships on our podcast and like money coming in different ways. So just going to have to figure do that you, out. Do you guys provide the books or that's everyone on their own, whether they want to read hardback or paperback or, or Kindle? We have a partnership. We have a partnership with Bookshop. So basically what Bookshop does is they partner with local bookstores all across the nation to kind of support the local bookstores instead of the master beast of Amazon. And so as you can imagine, bookstores are closing all across the nation, not even like because of COVID, like even before that they've been struggling. And so we have a partnership with Bookshop where 
our members directly order from Bookshop to help the local book clubs. I mean, the local bookstores um, stay That's open. Awesome. Yeah, and then so I you do. Buy, bookshop buys or sources them from like local bookshops, and then you just buy them from mm-hmm. them. That's awesome. Yeah, and then when I have an affiliate partnership with them, so you know, eighty percent goes back to local bookshops, and fifteen percent comes back to me, and then the other five or whatever goes to them whatever the actual logistics of it is i didn't want to like put them on blast and give them the exact structure but yeah that yeah. lot of the funds go back to local bookshops and so before that we were doing amazon affiliates which i'm sure like you all heard of like you can be an affiliate with amazon and you can get money back but um i just after i realized that 500 people were buying a book off amazon from like a warehouse i was just like oh my gosh like this could actually be like meals on people's tables that own bookstores that are literally struggling to feed their family because their bookstore can't survive this. So we moved to bookshop last month. That's awesome. And can you do audible as well? Or is it mostly? Oh yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you can do audible. It depends on the book, but you can do audible on like all the main ones and hardback and paperback, all that jazz. And even y'all, like if anyone listening or y'all want to buy a book, I encourage y'all to go there. Amazon's great. Don't get me wrong, but we could be giving our business back to local businesses right now, especially. Yeah, that's great. Um, So big picture here, you have 500 plus women now. Um, Is this only women or men involved as well? Yeah, that's funny. When I was telling my husband that I was going to talk to y'all, he was like, oh my God, you're going to talk to men? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what are you, like, you've only talked to women. And I'm like, I know. But at the very beginning of BTC, I was like really adamant about having men in the group. Like I wanted a diverse group of men and women kind of like, sharing their stories and like being brave together kind of like a bible study they're not always women so i was up for that i was down we've never had a man ask to join ever so at this point i'm like okay this is most likely a women's group we have 500 women and not one man so theoretically if your boy wanted to just join one i mean i guess that wouldn't that'd be a little frowned upon huh (laughs) I don't know. I'm up for it. I think it would be great to hear like a male's perspective, honestly. Like not only is it empowering to hear 19 other women's perspectives, but I couldn't even imagine like a male, like what a guy thinks about what we're reading. And so I don't know. We're talking about maybe we've had like men interested, but don't want to join 19. All women. women. Yeah. So So maybe in the future, something like a, a mixed group, the the pioneer mixed group yeah yeah definitely we've talked about that and we have like a wait list for guys for that reason like that i'm like holding captive of all their data so when we are ready and there are enough men in certain cities they don't feel like singled out or you know not like welcomed into the group gotcha so five to ten years out where do you think you, you can go with this i mean what's the big picture here that's really, I don't, I just feel like that's such a hard question. And y'all as entrepreneurs, like probably know, like I did not expect this to blow up. I just wanted some friends and make a positive impact with 
those six people that joined at the very beginning. And I try and set time aside to think big picture. But honestly, my motto for probably the last six months now is take the next best step. Like, do what you think is best, keep going. Do what you think is best, keep going. Because yeah. every time I sit down and write a structure of BTC, it goes into so many different areas that I, I just haven't fell in love with any of it. So I just keep telling myself, do the next be- best thing. I know I want to start impacting younger girls in lower income areas. So we've already talked about what that looks like would kind of each group be in charge of a low income area, like a middle school. And that group would volunteer at that middle school. And we have cities, we're in cities all across the nation. So we'd be impacting all those middle schools. Like we talked about it, but haven't gotten there yet. My next big step right now is actually becoming a nonprofit, like which should happen by the 31st, like fingers crossed. But that that is just like my sole goal right now is to get, open to that and that would be really exciting too but we'll see i don't know i mean a year ago two years ago you didn't imagine being here so i i can only imagine thinking five to ten years out is like it's wrong with the focus it seems like yeah exactly and if you like research is great don't get me wrong like every business owner should do research but at a certain point it almost turns into procrastination and it starts getting scary and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And it's like, I couldn't operate in that area anymore. Like I was like, you know, I'm going to wake up every day, have a new goal and I'm going to do that goal every day. And we'll just see what the next goal is each day and not be scared of it. And so, yeah, I'm just kind of rolling with it and hopefully I'll have a sense of like where I want this going soon, but I don't know. That's a hard question, John. I'm sorry. I can't answer it more. Clearly. No, it's cool. I love it. I love that you answered so honestly. And I know you personally, so I know that this has been, you've been contemplating the monetization thing and where to go. And so I, it's interesting to hear some of these things because I haven't even necessarily heard some of these stories. So um, just excited for you. So how does somebody join and can they follow you on social media? Yeah. So we actually, you join by going to our website, btcbookclub.com. There's a page at the very top that says join and you can fill out your information and pick what city you're in. But recently we started a podcast because we had an influx of people that were reaching out that are in cities that don't have BTC groups. And we even had like people in the army reach out that can't, they're nervous to start a vulnerable group, like on their campus, but they want to follow along. And so I was actually talking to this um, woman that's in the army and I, she asked if I could record my weekly meetings with my Austin group and send her the recording so she could feel like a part of the discussion. And I thought that was genius. I was like, oh, yeah, we can have a YouTube channel. Like people can just immediately tune in to the discussion. Mm. I went to the Austin group and I told them that I was going to be setting up a camera and recording the conversation. And they were like, you're psychotic. We talk about really vulnerable stuff. Like you can't put this on the Internet. And I was (laughs) like, oh, yeah, y'all are so right. Like 
that's I don't even think of I'm so open I don't even think about that and it's so like everyone's safe place yep exactly yeah yeah people basically equate it to group therapy almost sometimes but yeah safe I mean, place it is a sure. form of it yeah and um so we started the podcast for that reason so we come out with a podcast calendar they know what books we're reading. They know what chapters are being discussed on every podcast so they can follow along to the discussion. And so that is supporting kind of our members that can't join like a physical intimate group. But yeah, that's how you join. And and this is uh, the podcast is fairly new. I mean, only what, a couple months ago or something, you reached out to us because you knew I did a podcast and you're like, what do you do? Um, and it's funny because the whole COVID thing happened and now it's like, okay, we're not even doing our podcast in person anymore. And so the squad cast, thankfully, uh, has this great service and you used that before we started using it. So how many podcasts do you have now that you've started? Um, so we discussed the books on the podcast. So we've done one full book, which was when breath becomes air by Paul Kalanithi, which is like an amazing book that all of y'all need to read if you haven't already. It's one of my favorite books I've ever read. Alex, my girlfriend's in the podcast and she's, I kind of listened to some of it with her. So. Yeah. So we read that. So two episodes and then now we're on untamed by Glennon Doyle, which is also an amazing book. And we just recorded part one of untamed. So we only have like three podcast episodes. Cool. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a baby, but it's growing. We also, so when Breath Becomes Air is written by Paul Kalanithi and it's a memoir and he was a top neurosurgeon and got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer right after residency. And actually this isn't like a spoiler. It says it on the front page, but he ends up dying while writing the book. And the whole entire book is about what is life about? What is, why are we here? what is like worth living and his wife joined our podcast, Lucy Kalanithi. So cool. oh, wow. Yeah. She, didn't she finish the book, right? Yep. She, fin- so it's so, it's like seriously the best book ever, but she yeah. wrapped up his thoughts. Yeah. And, and, and apparently they were going through some struggles and they, because of that, mm-hmm. they came out of it. Awesome. I mean, incredible story wow. from what I've heard too. So yeah, it is well, thank you so much for um, yeah. for telling. Is there anything else that you want to kind of leave us with? Um, oh wow! At all? Leave anything? With. Oh, I don't know. Like words of inspiration. Um, something I've been meditating on for a while is what does it look like for you to be more brave in your life. Mm. and I just like to end on that like what does that look like is that defining what fun is is that giving up alcohol is that starting running is that starting a different habit that you've always wanted to do reading like what does being more brave look like for you and maybe having a kid if you're scared to have a kid anything and that's like one of the greatest things about BTC and just community is brave looks different for all of us like not everyone is going to have the same like this is what it's going to look like for me to be more brave but um i just encourage everyone to kind of fight for that and try and fight for just a 
braver life and standing up for yourself and for the others around you. So I'd end on that. That is lovely. Lovely, lovely. And Greg is going to take us into our... Well, folks, time for this week's Weekly Brew. Weekly Brew. The Brew. Oh, my goodness gracious. And today we're not going to turn up the heat, but we're going to amp up the power because Tesla is coming to town, baby. (laughs) He's so fired up. Feel it? All righty. Tesla's next factory is going to be in Austin, Texas, and it's going to happen quickly. Well, we're told that the decision for the site is not set in stone since Tesla was apparently given a few options in the greater Austin area, but Elon is said to want to start construction extremely soon and aims to have Model Y vehicles coming out of the plant by the end of the year. It would be an even more aggressive timeline than Gigafactory Shanghai. Would you believe it? By late next year, the new Texas factory will be producing Tesla's new Cybertruck electric pickup. Recently, Musk has been talking about moving Tesla's uh, California operations to Nevada and or Texas due to the automakers' difficulties working in the local government to reopen the Fremont factory where it currently produces most of its vehicles. Folks, what do you think about this madness? I just want to know where it's going to go. It's got to be east or south, you would think. Well, why not north? Like by Apple. I guess it could be. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, the tech corridors up north. I'm just thinking of like big open land. Um, Definitely not west. No, not west. But I guess, yeah, north up in that area or or out past the airport or Buda or you know, North, northeast and southeast are probably the, the mm. bigger reason uh, areas for that. But I think it's just crazy, the timeline. Like, first off, Elon's timelines are not to be trusted. Love yeah. the guy, and he's a genius. Yeah, but, man, cool. he has some some very um, uh, skeptical timelines. To, to, to say that that Gigafactory or this – sorry, not Gigafactory, but this factory could be totally constructed and producing – Model Y vehicles by the end of the year. I think that's absurd. Although it's exciting. We are in our own world here. We are in a bubble. It will just fathom this. Eventually it's going to be here, right? Right. Eventually those employees are going to be here, even if it's two years from now. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, guys, we we did it. Our first COVID remote podcast episode is in the books. In the books. Thank you guys for bearing with us and listening today. Um, heard some great stuff from Maddie with Between the Covers, not Beyond the Covers, Between <laughs> the Covers Book Club. Um, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in from. We love that five star rating. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. And don't forget to visit Between the Covers Book Club at Between the Covers Book Club on Instagram and btcbookclub.com. All you have to do is click join now and you'll be part of a great group. That's all we got for you. Boom. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Maddie. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.